episode 15 we are back kevin how you doing on this beautiful friday morning nice early morning recording this time yeah no i'm doing good besides the weather <clears throat> i know gross rainy windy all the boats are canceled and flights are canceled on the island so we're trapped yeah no it's definitely like a miserable day already i'm looking outside it's gloomy out for sure i was hoping for a little bit better i'm gonna start Today, I'm going to start moving some things into my new house and get things moving along. But either way, the rain won't stop us. But uh, how have you been, dude? Sorry I wasn't able to make it last week. Had a little um, had a little battle with the COVID, but I beat it. I'm officially a COVID survivor, COVID champion. Yeah, finally out of protocols. Yeah. I mean, the, the episode so the episode before was pretty much my Jordan flu game because I was positive when I recorded that episode. The second we finished the episode, I took a test and was positive. I like knew halfway through. I was like trying to talk in episode 13 and I was like, that just felt terrible. I was like, oh my God, I was just hoping like you and Connor could just keep talking. So I was like, damn, I'm losing it. But um, glad to be back and let's jump right into it. Let's let's we'll start as we always do with our beautiful, our our amazing, our Boston Bruins. How have you felt about the Bruins last couple games? Let's just look. So we'll we'll kind of isolate it to the last three. So we'll look at the Bruins, Senators, Bruins, Rangers, Bruins, Islanders. Yeah, no. So it was definitely there were some things to be desired and some things that were not so good, like last night's game. But like I said, we'll start with the Senators game. Um. It was definitely a great win. I know the Senators aren't the best team in the NHL, but that's always good when you can win those matchups. They're the easy layups. Um, they get your confidence going, let the players go, especially for Sway. Like Sway being able to get that 30 save shutout, that's good. That builds his confidence, lets him know he belongs in the league, gives him a foundation to build on. And for us to get out 35 shots in that game, and you see Trent Frederick score um that line that third line which is really our second line with Bergeron and Marshall being out during that game seeing that connection that they have and realizing hey we're big bodies and being able to get to the dirty areas like that like Frederick did and that's what you need like that's what we've been missing you need someone that's not afraid to go down there post up push his way around and get those dirty chances in. So it's definitely good to see that. Yeah. So for me, ideally, I think that that is our best option as our third line. I've thought that for two years now. Um, I think Trent Frederick is underutilized in the fourth line. He's not meant to be a second or first liner, but I think he's going to end up being a really good third line player. And I think when you put him with Coyle and with Smith, he's able to play more of his game. Because, I mean, you have to remember, Trent Frederick's pedigree is that of a first-round pick. He's that of a guy who was a 30-point player two years in a row in college. As a freshman, he scored 30 points at Wisconsin. 15 goals and he 17 sophomore year. And he He's not a bad hockey player at all. <clears throat> Sorry. And, like, he gets – I think he gets shit on a little bit by Bruins fans because he's a first-round pick, and they're like, why is he not a top forward? Because that's not what he was drafted to do. He was drafted to play this kind of grinding, skilled forward role, and I think that he will do it. He's only 24, so he has time to build into that role, but I really like him playing with Coyle and Smith, and that makes me look to, like again, the trade deadline. If you can have a third line of Coyle, Frederick, and Smith, a second line with Paul, with Paul, Jesus, with Hall and Pasternak, someone in the center. Right now it's Halla, and Halla's been fine, so I'm really not trying to be anti-Halla in any way. And then you're going to have Bergeron and Marshawn on the first line. You have to find someone to ride with them. But really, does it matter who rides with them? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see what they do with the trade deadline. You pick up another veteran who can play. Maybe we give Felino a chance. You know, Nick Felino hasn't been anything like what we hoped he was going to be. Maybe playing with those guys would get him going and could spark him through the last, you know. Yeah, that's one thing I've definitely been reading a lot was if they keep that line together, who goes with Marshawn and Bergeron? And Felino came up, but. But the thing is, he hasn't been a top six. No, I know. Four in a while. Do you put uh, Jake Tabrask on his offhand? You could. You've done it, you've done it before. Yeah, you definitely see could. See if that sparks it with that speed. Yeah. In, uh, Marshall You're right. There, I, I so. actually, I agree with you 100%. If Tabrask isn't traded, they should throw him up there. I agree. Yeah. And then you're Craig, so... I mean, Craig Smith didn't light the world up up there. He played okay, but like he, Craig Smith's having a down year. He's not lighting the world up by any means. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they talk about Studnicka, even though he's a natural center, but he can play wing. He can play just... wing and just see in there and 
being with guys like that, those veterans that are able, especially for like, such a young guy, they settle your nerves. They know, they show you how to play the game. So yeah. it's definitely a chance. Like you need to try the fits. Like no, you, shouldn't you, be, you shouldn't be afraid to, because you're never gonna know. Yeah, you have to. And I, I think like the biggest thing for me with just like I guess we can almost wrap it in all three of these games. Again, I want to touch on Swayman first. Sway looked good in back-to-back games. He looked good against the Rangers. He held up strong. He did great in that shootout. Bruce, who Bruce chose for the shootout is fucking mind-boggling to me. I'm like, we have Nick Felino going before Jack Stanika. It's like, yeah, I get it, but Stanika has a little bit better hands. Uh, like, I don't know. It just, I, <laughs> I hated his selections. It's like, what are you doing, dude? But um, whatever. Still, that was an okay game too. I wasn't really mad about that game either. But I think the overall feeling for me in all three of these games, last night's game, we just lost the game. It wasn't. It was really like a two to one loss, three to one loss. It wasn't, you know, they scored the empty net or they scored the late goal. Um, the Bruins battled back and forth in that game. Pastas looked a little flat. I think the whole teams looked a little flat. They haven't looked themselves completely. And I think that comes from missing Brad Marchand. I think Brad Marchand, as we've said week after week on different topics, is the lifeblood of this team. And when you don't when you don't have him, the whole team looks so much flatter. Like, think about it last night, right? The Islanders start getting chippy and, like, weed a little bit back, and then it just stops. If Marshawn's there, we start driving the Islanders fucking insane. And that can change the game. The, the energy that Marshawn brings, him getting people off their game, him scoring goals at opportune times, him creating goals all the time, this stuff matters so much. Like, when you lose a point-per-game player, your best player, you notice it throughout your whole lineup. And I guess we can jump into it now. Like that's like Marshawn's appealing the suspension. And originally when I first watched all of this go down, I was mad at Marshawn. I still am. And that's, I think what people on Twitter, like idiots who try to come at the throne miss that like, you just don't, you don't realize that like, we agree like that. What Marshawn did was stupid. Like, right. Kevin, I mean, you agree. Like it was dumb. It didn't need to happen. Yeah. It was just a boil up of emotions that he like, get out, get out of hand. It happens to everybody. Yeah, like his wires crossed, and I get it. The NHL wants his wires to stop fucking crossing, but the the reason that Marshawn's wires cross is the same reason he's the lifeblood of this team, and we love him. We need Brad Marshawn to be Brad Marshawn. I'm sorry, like it's just it's the reality of the situation, and the way he plays just draws so many people to him, and he can handle it. Back to the appeal, like I I don't think it should have been a six game suspension. If it's three games, I don't argue it at all. But again, he had no intent to injure. Is it asinine that he punched a goalie in the side of the head? Yes. But you know how many times a goalie hits players with blockers? Chris Letang of the Penguins literally said that he thought six games is a little much. He didn't think he, he you know, he's like, you hate to see it. You hate to see someone hit your goalie, but he's like, it's a little steep. It's just, it's, it's just tough to be like six games. I get it. It's his history, but he hadn't been suspended till this year in seven years. It's like, guys, come the fuck on. Yeah, the like, only person like, in six games is Tom Wilson. Yeah, and like Brad Marshall's now out here trying to ruin people's careers, okay? Like, I'm sorry, but it's just not what's going on. But does Marshall need to get his act together? Yeah, he, he's a leader of this team, and he's their best player. He he can't be getting suspended. It's that simple. Yeah, and it's I, showing – You're good. No, yeah, it's showing how much it's hurting the team. And Oh, it hurts the team. You know Marshall doesn't want that, but it's like it happens. Like, actions have consequences – and these are them, especially with Bergeron being injured. You can't go out doing that stuff, and now you're down two of your top players. It's, no. it's awful. And, you know, and that's where it looks like – and I circled back to this topic so much in my head because I know hockey's changing, but you look to the 2011 Bruins, and I know it's not 2011 anymore. Then you look to the 2019 um, St. Louis Blues. They beat us because they were tougher. They were more rugged. The Boston Bruins don't need Brad Marchand doing that role. They need him chirping, giving the energy, but not having to physically do anything because the Boston Bruins need an enforcer. They do. You look at the Boston Bruins of the past, right? And there's going to, Kevin's going to be releasing an article today that everyone who listens to our podcast should be checking out about the history of the Boston enforcer and how we're just missing it now. And I think it completely would change the way the Bruins look and how they play. I, my brain has gone so many different places with what we need to do this trade deadline and I'm really moving towards, obviously, we need a second-line center. But I think we need a strong, rugged winger who can let the boys play, i.e. Tom Wilson, a skilled, strong, rugged winger. A guy who's less of that but still keeps everyone in line. Zach Cassian, 
a guy like Milan Lucic, who's having a good year and is a Bruins legend. I mean, Lucic was my favorite player. <clears throat> Those guys allow the superstars to play. And they can play themselves. But still, th- their role is to let the superstars play at this point, a lot of them. You know what I mean? Obviously, Tom Wilson has a little more talent. And that's what I envision Trent Frederick as being one day, even though it's a little too lofty. But, like, I just think that the Bruins need someone who's going to step up in those roles. We get a big guy in Forbert. He doesn't do it. We get, you know, we have big players in Carlo. That's not his game, you know. McAvoy will do it. But, fuck, we don't want Charlie McAvoy doing it. You know really? I mean? We saw that in the Rangers. McAvoy yeah. was the only one that go up to protect Craig Smith. And you don't need your best defenseman off the ice, in, especially no. if you end up in a penalty kill. Like, you can't have that. You need a guy that, <clears> hey, if he goes to the box, guess what? he won't be missed that much for skill-wise. Yeah, I get it that today's hockey culture, like, we don't want fighting, we don't want all this stuff, but, like, no, it's still we, we a big part fighting. of the game. We want it. We want like, fighting. We need, like, every every hockey team needs a meat stick on it. I'm sorry. And, I mean, maybe, like, now we want, like, you know, a lean meat stick, someone who has some talent and can do everything, too. But, like, you need someone who can out, be out there and protect the boys. It can't just be, like, hey, like, someone just got lit up. Marshawn and McAvoy are going to go fight. Pasta is going to go elbow him in the head. Like, no, like that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Look at guy. Look, look at just, you have to look at like McDavid. McDavid's never had to do that. Cause they've first, they had Lucic with them and they have Cassie and they have these big guys who will just make it so he can just play hockey. That's what it's supposed to happen. Like, you know what I mean? It, you got to look through the, some of the legends of the game, like Marty McSurley and Ty Domi, those guys carve out their roles by protecting superstars and being able to play a little bit. And the Bruins, the Bruins need that. They need it. I don't know where they're going to find it. You, I, I mean, I look to a guy like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like I look at like Milan Lucic, like, is there a way we could pry him back? And I know it's like, oh, Lucic is done analytically, whatever, dude. He would come in, he could play in the fourth or third line and no one would mess with anyone anymore. But there's no chance. I just don't see Calgary giving them up. They're making a push for the Stanley Cup at this point. Calgary's a good team, and they're they're scary to play against. And they have a superstar on their team, Matthew Tuchuk, who can throw them, and you would let throw them. But still, it's just the Bruins are missing that element, and I don't know where they find it from. I hope that – I really do. I hope one day that Trent Frederick is that guy, but he's just not right now. So I don't – you know, I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, it's definitely – and then one thing – Connor and I talked about the whole enforcer role was, yeah, like, Frederick's a guy, but the Bruins also don't want him doing it. They told him, hey, like, cut that out. Like, pull back a little. Like, can't be going out there trying to fight every night like he did last year. Like, last year when he was chirping P.K. Subban, he wanted Subban to drop the glove so bad. Subban wouldn't. That's the thing that you need a guy that's, like, willing, like, He's not a that's the thing, Frederick's not afraid to fight anybody. No, no. He's like, I'll go at with any of you. Like, yeah, sometimes he may be a little too extreme. He's a St. Louis boy. Yeah, it's like he may be a little extreme sometimes, but you need to let him so at least fight somewhat. Like that's you need to be green lit. That's where like I I think that we don't know obviously what happened, but I the Bruins management must have told him to cool it down. Cause we just don't see him doing that anymore. Like remember when he was fighting with um, Ovi and he got Ovi to hit him in the nuts. It's like, this yeah. stuff is just like, like I love those antics, but he stopped doing that. I'm assuming per Bruce Cassidy and per the Bruins management telling him to, he was obviously going after some big dogs, which there is like a code in the NHL, but I don't give a fuck about it. I mean, like I just, I, I mean, yeah, you can't be chirping Ovi. Like Ovi. That, I know you like, can't. Come on. That's the I know you can't. <laughs> the can. Russian machine, dude. I know. Russian machine never breaks. But Pete, That's I would have like, loved I to see him. Like, I genuinely think the Boston him. Bruins, like, we just need Alex Ovechkin. He would be the perfect guy to come in. <laughs> Kidding. But Maybe yeah. Literally, he's 50 years old. But... Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you see Yarmir Yager still playing at 50? Yeah. He, um, you ever seen the video of Yager when he played for the Bruins and they asked all the players who their favorite player was and like um, Krejci had said Yarmir Yager and then it was like, who was your favorite player growing up? And Yarmir Yager just said Yarmir Yager. <laughs> he said he was his own favorite player growing up, which is just so funny. They actually, they released a note in Czechia of uh, a $50 bill. It's like with him on it. It's like legal tender. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, it just, obviously we spent this whole year talking about what the Bruins need. It, it's, starting to get super repetitive it's just because this team is just missing something and there it's not just one thing it's multiple things we're missing a defenseman to play a top four defenseman to play the left side we're missing a top 
rugged winger to play a guy like, you know, Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson is my dream player to come to the Boston Bruins right there. Josh Anderson's my dream player to come to the Boston Bruins and he should be for sale. It's just the problem is he's in Montreal, but Montreal's brain trust is not exactly the, the French boys were used to not wanting to deal with the Bruins. Okay. So like, there's a chance that Don can make a deal with them. I, I really feel that way. Um, Josh Anderson, I think, would change the face of this Bruins team so fast. It would be so helpful to the next core. I really do. But that's not here or there. We've we've went around in circles on that. And that kind of wraps up the Bruins talk, really. It's just there's something left to be desired. They've been a little flat. And hopefully they rebound. They have another game against the Sens tomorrow. They need to get another win there. You, you know, the thing with the Bruins, they need to win the games against the shitty teams. It's that simple. When you play the bad teams, you have to win. That's how we just stay in position and we roll into the playoffs and figure this shit out. That, that's what has to happen. Um, like just a little look before we record again. It's going to be Bruins Senators. Um, then on Monday, they're playing against the Avs, which will be an interesting game. And then you got Bruins cracking next Thursday at 10 p.m. So going to be another – they should win two out of the three games. I'd like to see them win three out of three, but the Avalanche will be a tough game. But they'll be up for it. So we'll see how it goes. That's really and what nice. game is Marshall Megan's return at? Um, I think it'll be against the Kraken, right? It's been four games. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it'll be the Kraken. Against the Kraken on Thursday. So still a little bit before we get Marshy back. And um, I wasn't here, obviously, last week. So before we jump into kind of around the league talk, I do just want to say my goodbye to Tuka Rask. You know, thank you, Tuka, for even though you're never going to listen to this, just thank you to Tuka for the years of winning, the years of antics, the years of putting up with bullshit. Um, I wore your jersey to countless Bruins games, and I still will. Um, gonna miss you, buddy. Uh, every time I talk shit about you because I was mad, I didn't mean it. And thank you for all the memories. <laughs> but all right, let's jump forward. I I want to go into the first topic that I've been arguing about for two weeks, three weeks, a month probably, and it actually seems like it's going to be legit. The Arizona Coyotes are going to play in a rumored 5,000 seat arena that I've heard 3,200 seats currently at Arizona state university. And I argued back and forth. I even got a little convinced that it was going to be a good thing that, that it was going to help build a loyal fan base and the building was going to be rocking and it was going to be a better situation than what they're in. Then I saw the video they posted of the rink getting redone and it looked like it had five freaking rows it and they're was, all cement. They're not oh, even actual seats. No, no, there's going to be seats. There's going to be seats. They're redoing the rink. But it was there was such a joke. I looked at it, and I'm like, no way. Like, can you imagine? Let me set the scene. It's Saturday night in Arizona. Connor McDavid's coming to town, the star of the NHL. Oh, we'll take it. We'll get rid of him. It's Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is coming back home to Arizona <laughs> where he loves. All, that, all the fans of the Leafs. Want to go see it? Who are who are there? I'm sure there's a lot of Leafs fans who live in Arizona because of Austin Matthews, right? That's that's probably the biggest draw they can get is Austin Matthews coming back to town. He's gonna play in a 5,000 seat arena. This is a joke. The only positive is when they leave the game, they can go party on ASU's campus. I know that might hurt so many people in Arizona, but that is the reality. These are 20 to 30-year-old millionaires. They don't care about the culture. They don't care about the good food around there, okay, around ASU. Or the women. Yeah, no, they no, they care about the women is what I'm saying. Yo, you don't think they care about the women? No, they do. Dude, <laughs> ASU smokes, though. That's what I'm like. That, that's what they care about. They, they That's the one positive. The one positive is you're going to have a bunch of millionaires running around ASU's campus, and they're going to have a grand old time. It, but come on it's a joke it's a joke i don't care like i don't care that arizona has a loyal fan base of people on social media i don't care like it's a joke they should be playing in an nhl barn it's that simple like the dunkin donut center in providence rhode island is a better location than that for fans i mean shit it's ridiculous like you like it just it's like all I have to say on it. It's just like, this is why our salary cap is going to be flat forever and escrow is going to go through the roof. And it, the players just get screwed because of this. Look at basketball. Look at the NFL. You think they would ever let their players go play in a 5,000-seat arena? The answer is no. The Arizona Coyotes' days are numbered. And let me tell you something that I that I heard on 32 Thoughts and on like the Athletic Hockey Show, things like this. This this whole bubble they're presenting, this, this dream, is all 
contingent on their getting the arena deal done in that they'll be building an arena that'll be done in three to four years. If that doesn't go through, I think there's a good chance you see the NHL buys back the Arizona Coyotes and they sell them, get an expansion fee, and they move to somewhere like Quebec or move to somewhere like Houston. I really do see that happening. Or I've even heard Kansas City. And I think Kansas City is a pretty loyal fan base of sports, so they could do good there too. Uh, so don't Arizona fans don't be so sold on this happening. If that Tempe Arena deal doesn't actually go through, I think there's zero chance they stay in Arizona. I still don't believe the Coyotes are going to stay in Arizona. They're, they're going to get the first pick in the draft. We're going to bring in Shane Wright, and then next year because they're going to suck again, we're going to bring in Connor Bedard, and they're going to go play in this tiny little rink. Go away, go away. <laughs> Your days are over. Sorry, hockey in Arizona doesn't work. Now to a happier topic. Jack Eichel's back. Did you get to watch any of that game? I know you stay up later than I do. No, I didn't. Yeah, I unfortunately. Didn't I didn't either. But Eichel's back. Um, the real story around that is how the Vegas Golden Knights are circumventing the shit out of the cap. But, you know, I don't mind it. Like, do you have a problem with it? So what they did more or less, they, they moved Stone. Stone fresh off the All-Star game. They moved Stone to long-term IR, so he's out for the rest of the season. Designated to return day one of the playoffs. The thing is with Mark Stone is as much as the timing and the way they did it is bullshit, he missed games last year because of his back towards the end of the year. He didn't look like himself in the playoffs. He missed games to start this year. He missed games in the middle of this year because of his back. Mark Stone's back is a real issue. Do I think if Jack Eichel wasn't in the picture, he would still be playing? Yes. But some credit has to be given to Kelly McCrimmon. He built a team good enough that his captain and more or less top two player can take the rest of the year off and they still know they're going to make the playoffs. So do I blame them for taking advantage of this rule? Absolutely not. Do I think this rule should be changed? Absolutely, but it's not. So take advantage of it, right? Like if the Bruins were able to get Jack Eichel and Marshy was going to have to just take a break for, or Bergeron, take a break for the rest of the year to be healthy for playoffs. We'd be like, yeah, sure. Do it. You know what I mean? I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, it's hard to argue because as soon as your team does it, you'd be it's like, like it. damn, you're a genius. Like, yeah. good job, Dom Sweeney. You end up, you didn't fuck this one up. Like, yeah, that's what, like, it's just, it's like bullshit for us to argue against it when we know that we'd like it if it happened. Yeah, like, you're able to do it, do it. It's yeah. like one of the loopholes. Like, how Bill Belichick, he finds every loophole in the book. Yeah. It's, it's part of the game. If you know what you're doing, then good for you because you're actually smart. Oh, pay attention, you read up. Like, you Agreed. can't be angry about it. No, I do want to jump into one thing that is just like wild to me. Like, did you hear Biz's comments on TNT? Yeah, or oh my god, TNT is letting Paul Bissonette fly. I don't know how long it's going to happen for, but I love it. In my I opinion, hope, it's, it's, you can't censor the guy. No, it's you can't. Hockey. They're not. It's, not, it's good for, for the game. Hockey. It's good for the game. The way the NBA grew was this type of stuff, was letting Shaq and Chuck and all those guys just go wild. I'm hoping they keep letting it do it. Biz's advice for Jack Eichel before his first game back was to stay off the tables and snap one into his belly button. I am mind blown that he said that on live TV. I actually can't even I, – I, like, I can't take it. Like I was like, this guy actually said this on TV? It's so wild, and it's like – it was almost like they played it off like a hot mic. Like they were zoning away, but like he knew he was still on the mic. Like it's so funny. And obviously he doesn't care and he's not getting in trouble for it because Chicklets posted it everywhere, which Biz easily would not have let happen if he had a problem with it. So yeah, I think that's unreal. And just keep going, busy boy. You're growing the game. Paul Bissonette is the only reason that I feel for the Arizona Coyotes. Just so Coyotes fans know that. I am, I'll, I'll give you a little bit there. Before we jump into football, I do just want to give a little soggy sorrows for Team USA's hockey team. First, our men lost in a shootout to Slovakia. I genuinely thought that we were going to medal for Team USA's men's team. We finished in first. We had beaten Canada. They looked great. And, you know, I just, it follows me into the IOC and the IHF's dumbass shootout rules. In, once you get into the medal rounds, once you get into the quarterfinals and on, it should be continuous overtime to win the games, not shootouts, but is what it is. I also, I, 
I actually thought Canada looked a little better than our U.S. women's team. So that game, I kind of that went the way I thought it was going to go. Congratulations to the U.S. women on a great Olympic run. Silver medal is a huge honor and still an amazing accomplishment. Um, I look to like Hillary Knight, like she's so good at hockey. Like I watched all their games and it was so fun to watch. I had more fun watching the women's hockey than I did the men's. Um, and the, the talent that we have on that team is just ridiculous and they'll be back. I don't question that at all. Um, and before we get into our NFL talk, Kev, you want to, you have anything on that or did you get, did you really find time to watch any of those games? I know you've been working a lot. Yeah, no, I watched some games. Like we have a TV at work, so we'd throw them on at the early morning. Yeah, games. it's the early ones are kind of tough. Yeah. And then I tried to watch the one the other night. Was it, it was like 11.30 at night? <laughs> yeah, just, just get tired. I tried to, but I like, made like 20 minutes in before passing out. Yeah, no, me too. But yeah, I mean, the Olympics were fun to watch. Kind of what I watched the Olympics is pretty much over. It sucked to see Sean White. Um, Sean White not medal. It was a hell of a run, though, finishing fourth place. Sean White's the reason I snowboard. So that was pretty emotional. Sad for me to see him fall and then it end there. But um. Yeah, pretty much what I watch. I watch like the snowboarding, some of the skiing, and then hockey. So it's over, um, more or less. They're just wrapping things up now. But it was fun. Olympics were fun. Hate China, but shout out the Olympics. Um, and then that brings China. us into a, a message, a quick message, Kevin, a quick message from our friends and our show sponsor. They're really good friends inside the ring, too. Bet US. That's Bet US. Bet US. <laughs> Has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, even NFL betting lines, even though those are over. For their 27th year of live betting, sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK, that's R-I-N-K, for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Let's jump right in. This oh, wait, hold on. Oh, there oh. still are NFL betting lines. You can bet on people getting drafted number one overall. You can draft. You can bet on free agent signings. All right, all right. So don't let Jake throw you off, guys. All There's right, always all right. something to bet. All right. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Right off the bat, Kevin and I had some bets out for the Super Bowl. My bet was the Cincinnati Bengals on the money line. I really thought I had it. Even at a minute 27 left when the Bengals got the ball back, I really thought I had it. Moral of the story is I should have took the points because I lost. But let's talk Super Bowl. This, to me, was the best Super Bowl that I can remember in a long time. The overall product, the game, the halftime show, the everything. How do you feel about it? Commercials were good. It was a good Super Bowl. They did a good job. Is there Budweiser? Like, where was my Budweiser commercial, man? It was just sad. It wasn't good. I'm a horse. Bud, he- like, Bud Heavy, the official beer of Kevin Santangelo. Bud Heavy. I just wanted a Clydesdale, man, a dog. Like, there's nothing special in the years past. As I always look forward to that one. Or the Doritos one. I really see a good Doritos one. <clears throat> yeah. How about the game itself, dude? How do you feel about the game itself? The game was great. Like, a lot of things that me and Connor talked about last week – they happen between Jalen Ramsey matchups. But the biggest one was the Bengals O-line versus the Rams pass defense. And just – it was sad to watch. Like, Yeah. Because they just couldn't stop it. Like, Aaron Donald is just a grown-ass man. Oh, that dude game. is just – it's insane. And like, they started off pretty good in the beginning, like – Joe Burrow wasn't really in sack, really not pressured that much. But when it mattered most, they got through. That O-line just wore down. They couldn't sustain a block. And that showed on that last play on that was at fourth and fourth and one, fourth and three. When Joe Burrow got sacked, if he had a second or two longer. Jamar Chase is wide open. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey oh, fell down five yards yeah. behind him. Jalen but, Ramsey looked like a fucking pine cone in that game. Big moment, Jalen Ramsey, superstar Jalen Ramsey, dude. Come on, I would take I would take Shadobia Wuzier over him. Jokes. Yeah, it's like T Higgins face mask the shit out of him, and then scored that touchdown. But and I was also like I was telling Jake like Jalen Ramsey doesn't go side to side with people. He plays half the field, and that's why I was like, I was up on Jamar Chase having a good game, 
anti-Aidens because if you're on the right side, Jalen Ramsey's not on you, and those other corners aren't the best. They can definitely be exploited. So it was definitely tough to watch. And then especially the Bengals had so many chances to win. They had so many chances to put that game out, and they just couldn't. They couldn't. Definitely some questionable play calling. Like, yeah, I know you're trying to run the ball, but you have a passing offense that has great receivers and a great quarterback. You can move the ball through the air and also mixing in runs. Especially when Joe Mason did show, hey, I'm going to rip off an eight, 12-yard run. And the defense but, played good, too. The defense is legit. It's a building defense. I mean. Yeah, no, exactly. And <clears throat> they're a couple pieces away, and I definitely agree. And they were a couple bullshit penalty calls away because that definitely was not pass interference down the goal line. That no. was a great play by a no-name linebacker on the best receiver in the league. like No-name linebacker? Wasn't it Wilson? Yeah. Hey, he was the linebacker of the Somali Pirates, my fantasy football team. No, Logan saying, Wilson. He's, he's a good linebacker. He's an but... up-and-coming linebacker. He's actually – he makes a lot of plays, legit. Yeah, but I'm just saying – No, like, I don't. He's, he's not, not a well-known guy. name that people no. know in the league. That team, like, but... they're built right. They just no, have – No, like, last offseason they went and got, I think it's six um, defensive players that came in starters. Also, you have Eli Apple. Like, oh my oh, god! Oh, I fucking hate Eli Apple. Do you see his clown. latest comments? Oh, he's a clown, dude. If you, I would like to just like put him and Jalen Ramsey in, a, in just a UFC fight and just watch them kill each other. They're just two assholes. Do you see McCole Hardman troll him so? Oh bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his response, like, "Yo, I'm putting everyone on notice. Like, I'm taking names next year. Like, yeah. nobody's safe when I'm going to be guarding you." Okay. It's like, yeah. Dude, you're trash. You're on like a fourth <laughs> yeah. team in like five years. Yeah, no, I'm not a big Eli Apple guy. I mean, I don't like Ohio State, so that's the first start of all of it. But I've never liked Eli Apple. I thought he sucked coming out of college. And I was right. I remember like one of my friends um, from my last job was a Giants fan, and he was so pissed when they drafted Eli Apple. The guy sucks. Uh, dude, it's a classic Giants move. Thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll draft this guy. Yeah, because he they thought he would sell jerseys. But he probably did. I mean, Giants fans are idiots. <laughs> but either way, yeah, no, I mean, it was a great Super Bowl. I think that you're obviously going to see um, – what are we going to think? Like, they're, they're probably going to go first round. They're going to take a lineman. And then from there, they're going to constantly get a flow of probably free agents coming in and out of the building to try to figure out who can shape up that line. Yeah, so they're going sure. to go all for it. Yeah, I'm not sure it. what their cap situation is, but there's we're definitely going to talk about it. can't some. be too bad. We'll look into it more during the offseason for sure. Yeah, because there's definitely some good – there's a lot of actually alignment on the market this year. But we'll talk about that in a little. But, yeah, besides there's players on the Rams I didn't like, but to watch Stafford and Cup. Um, when it's their boy and cop kid that MVP, they deserve it. Like, those are two dudes that they deserve it. Like, Stafford yeah. is a beast. Frat Stafford. Frat Stafford. Stuck in Detroit. But Cooper Cup, like, oh my that God. man came Triple from crown nothing. Triple crown winner. Came from nothing. Yep. And he worked his ass to be one of the best receiver in this league. And he's so good. He's just he's unreal. So like, he's I don't just, know maybe people that know, like, when he was in college, like, his wife – when she was girlfriend, she like left her college to move to Washington with him and to be closer. Like, and she was only like, like six credits away from graduating or something like that or six semesters. And she went and got a job and she was the one that paid and supported him for him to be, do his training, just focus on school, focus on football. And look where he is now. Like without her, you never know like where he could be. So, it's a feel-good story, and now they're married and have a kid. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, definitely I like to see that come full He's an American dream cup guy. I like, yeah. I definitely like Cooper Cup. Dude, um, he's from like Yakima, Washington. Yeah, like. like you see him in high school. They're asking him like that high school video of him. They're like, "How does it feel to play your last game of football ever?" And he's like, "I'm not done." It's like I'm not. I'm hopefully not done playing football. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, he's not done. He just won the Super Bowl and MVP and everything. So yeah, compared to when he yeah. was Kobe in high school, Kobe's like, "Yo, what's up? Kobe." Yeah. Yeah, like it's just, but you know, I I really look at the Rams and I'm like, this team could do it again if they all come back. The, the Rams are good. The Rams are really good. Um, I thought it was a great game though. It could have went either way, right? Like if fucking Cincinnati could have scored on one of those four drives they had with the score the same, 
when it was 20 to 16, we, we probably have a different result. Just didn't happen. So, you know, Aaron Donald came up big. He came up really big. He's a, he took over the second half of that game as we knew he would though. Like we went in like knowing like, all right, Donald's been quiet. So get ready. Cause he's coming. Yeah. What do you think of his comments though? He said before the game, if I win the Super Bowl. I might retire. Yeah, but drunk him said that he's gonna run it back. So I don't know what's gonna. Yeah, I was also McVay got him to say that. So. Yeah, yeah. I so that's where we bring it to the topic I have. It was F. Sean McVay. He has a face you can't trust. I wrote that. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that in our show notes. Yeah. I just don't like Sean McVay. I don't know why. I just don't like him. Like I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like the guy. I don't know. It's that. It's that simple. I guess that's really all I have to say on that. Let's talk about how about Frat Stafford watching that girl fall off the stage and just walking away. His wife runs over. But yeah, he starts laughing. Then I know. <laughs> he walks he's away. Like, oh, he, dude. Dude, he's hammered, number one. And he didn't know, obviously, she was hurt. Yeah, he, he, was out there, he was out there what? chugging, like, Don Julio 1942 tequila. Uh, yeah, out of the bottle. Out the bottle. Like, but, for um, those that don't know, like, you go to a bar and you ask for a shot of 1942, it's like $40 a shot. Yeah, he's so. you know, but he's he's a millionaire. But still, no, I'm just, I'm he's just paying. Saying but let me get to my point. Let me. He's not that bad of a guy. He's paying all that girl's medical bills now. So her hospital bills, her medical bills, anything she needs, transportation, he's paying all of it. So obviously, frat feels bad for watching her fall down and get hurt. But oh my god, yeah. He, do so you bad. see a uh, Tom Brady's tweet? Like, yeah, mixing a water. Trust me. Amen. <laughs> and then Stafford's wife goes, "It's Matthew, not Matt." Tom. That's funny. It's like, oh. <laughs> Whoa, Kelly, calm down. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he's a Super Bowl champion now, too. He, he joins that fraternity of Super Bowl champion quarterbacks. One-time Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, he joins, like, Joe oh, Flacco, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Trent Dilfer. Joe Flacco, elite quarterback. Joe I mean, Joe Flacco. Flacco's postseason run that year was elite. Uh, like, don't get too wild on us. Hey, Ray man. Lewis's postseason one was run was elite. Yeah, which one? The one when he killed people? Or yeah, one? I was gonna say running through all them bodies. But yeah, all right, so. how about um? I I mean, I think we we both agree with this. I think this is just the beginning for Joe Shiesty. I think Joe Burrow, Joe Burr is gonna be a beast for a long time. Um, they're gonna Burrow, get him protection. Baby. Yeah, they're gonna get him protection, and I think we'll see him back for sure. Like this is his first full season. Like my man came off an ACL tear. Yeah. This team was four eleven and one. Like they're just beginning. Like, yeah, they went and got six um, defensive players, but really that offensive line—they've just not the line, but the whole offense. They're just guys they drafted. Tyler yeah. Boyd—they drafted a while ago. The veteran. You drafted T. Higgins. You drafted Jamar Chase. You drafted Burrow. You drafted Mixon. So these are all guys on young, young guys on um, cheap contracts. So there's definitely so much to build around for years to come and. That's the thing. Once you can, when you can draft receivers like that, you don't have to go out and pay them 15, 18, 20 mil a year, and you're getting the value now and your window's just opening, you can go around and get other players on that team. So it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be good to see. Like it's good for the game. Like Burrow is the new face of the game. He's taking Oh over. yeah, no, without a doubt. I think Joe Burrow is going to be the face of the NFL. Like those outfits, um, like oh, when, when he that walked suit, in, in that was so all fun. black suit, I was like, yep, game over. Yeah. Let's jump away from the Super Bowl and let's jump into two kind of last topics here. What are what positions do you think that the Patriots need to focus on? Let's jump in our two teams in free agency and who are some free agents that you see them going after and like them to go after? Yeah, no, so for me, the Pages, that defense, obviously we still need a top wide receiver because we don't have that number one and Mac Jones isn't really going to get anywhere without having a number one receiver. But for defense, we need to get younger. We need to get more agile, faster, especially at the linebacker position. Like, I've loved Dante Hightower since we got him out of Alabama. We drafted him in the first round. But it might be time. But, yeah, like, I think it's either his contract's up this year or it's up next year, but he's he's 31, 32, like, and he's slowing down. Like, even though he is like the heart and soul, but he need we need someone that's going to be able to like linebackers change in the NFL. It's all about these hybrid linebackers. Yeah, it's so much go, more about these, these like that guys play, who can ball hawk. Yeah, they're playing coverage, they're going side to side. These they're running four threes and four four forties. Like, these dudes are just so fast. Like, 
Hightower is a built man. Like he's a beast. Yeah. He's a downhill blow up a run play guy. He's not a I'm gonna chase you side to side. I'm gonna catch you before you even cross the line of scrimmage. No, he's blowing through the A B C gap and he's getting you right there. And that's his strength. But when you're starting in your thirties, you go down. Then another one is cornerback. Like Yeah, they, need, they just, do need they do need corner. Yeah, especially what do you, it's either you franchise tag J.C. Jackson for another year or you let him go for nothing. And that's going to be tough because you really don't have anyone. You have Jonathan Jones. But every corner that we've been drafting, like, has not worked. they've been a bust. Like, when you drafted Joe John, Joe Williams, like, dude's like a 6'2 corner, but really hasn't lived up to the hype of, I think we got him in the second round. Yeah. Just, it's tough. And the thing is, like, what was the Nardi. other corner they took um, out of Alabama? Was it Ridley? What was his name? Started with an R, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I could be wrong. Well, we took Duke Dawson the second round out of um, Florida, and he lasted like a year before we traded him. I'll look it up. You keep going. Yeah, no. So, but the thing with like corners, he says, like, you're going to overpay if you want like a good one. And then you don't want to, like, when they go for a cheaper option, like, they're trash. They're not good. Like, they're depth pieces, but they're not, like, a number two, number one corner. I was thinking of Cyrus Jones. Yeah, no, he lasted, like, two yeah, years. Yeah, just didn't work, like, the like first round pick at Alabama. Yeah. yeah and he was who do you see them? Then, so who do you want him to go after, though? Like, who are you looking at that's, like, they would be your ideal pickups? Like, for me, it would be Carlton Davis like okay. or Darius Williams, but we're definitely not going to get them because they're like how expensive they are. That's then the young guy, like Carlton Davis, He's he played Tampa. He understands what he needs to do, and he's a zone corner. So we like to do play a lot of zone. So. And there's like Travis Ward. That was on um yeah Kansas okay. City, but I, he's I mean he's an athletic corner. He's not he's not too great in coverage, but he makes plays. So I don't know. That's where I don't know. I mean, in my opinion is you guys stay away from that guy, but yeah. And then there's also like Rasul Douglas. Um, but once again, he has long leverage and he's top end speed and he has the playmaking traits and he did that in Green Bay this year and helped that defense. But these guys are all going to get money. And that's the toughest part because Bill won't overpay for a guy. No, like no unless way. he knows. Like he paid Stephon Gilmore that money, and it was overpay at the time, and then it turned out it wasn't. And he got the best years out of Gilmore, and they said, "Yep, get out of here." So it's tough having like a GM head coach like Bill, like Bill, because yeah, because you know he's, he's not, not going to just like yeah. This the first though. last offseason was the first time you ever saw Bill really go out and spend money. Like, you're talking about a man that wouldn't even pay Tom Brady. So, it's tough. Like, and then for receivers, like, my dream receiver that if we could bring in is Mike Williams. Like, that big yeah. downfield threat. God if we could bring Mike Williams to New England, oh, my God. That's exactly what Yeah. Um, Matt Jones needs, a big body, deep threat, and also a red zone threat. I just don't see that they're going to let him walk from the Chargers, especially with how – much they target him this year and how Herbert likes to throw the ball downfield. I just don't think that makes sense, but yeah, but he might he, he price himself out with this year he had. Like, uh, I don't know. I think they're gonna, I think they'll pay up or they'll draft the receiver because that's the thing. It's like receivers now, like for some reason, teams that are not the Patriots can find receivers in the draft a lot better. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know, get it. I Godwin, know. Godwin's a free agent. I don't think he's, I mean, he might, he might with no Brady with quarterback question there, he might want out. But also coming off an ACL, he might just save the shit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Gonna be interesting. And when I look at my Cowboys, like I look at kind of decently close errors. I look at free safety. Cowboys don't have a good free safety at all. Um, we cycle guys in and out, and we get beat, and we get blown over the top. We get blown over the top. We get blown to the middle of the field nonstop. If the Cowboys want to be better, that can't happen. Trayvon Diggs. I think we'll have a year where he regresses, but I'm not going to say we need to go out and get a corner. When I look for into free agency, I look at obviously like my dream player for the Dallas Cowboys in that free safety position would be Tyron Matthew. 
if he doesn't resign in KC. He is an unrestricted free agent. I think they do have a team option on him, but I, I really, I mean, I could see Matthew going to the Cowboys, couldn't you? Yeah, but I just feel like Marcus Williams. I think he would be a good fit for you guys yeah. too. Yeah, two guys that could really help change it back there, and I think they'll do something because the Cowboys the will spend like, money. Williams is a ball hawk. Like, that's what you yeah. need. Like, he fits in perfect with that defense. Yeah, he has 15 interceptions in five seasons. Like, no, I, I know. That's not bad for safety. But like, Diggs is a fucking ball hawk. That's all he does is ball hawk. He doesn't cover for shit, and he doesn't hit for shit. So, like, I would like a guy like Matthews who can Matthew can drop into some coverage and can also can light people up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, Diggs cannot tackle. I think that is so missed in all pro player Trayvon Diggs. I like him. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy he's on the Cowboys, but, like, he doesn't tackle. It drives me crazy. He gets, he just gets blown. It drives me insane. And then linebacker is more interesting to me. I think we're going to see Leighton Van Der Esch walk. Obviously, Jalen Smith was cut halfway through last year, so it's a new era of linebackers for the Cowboys. You have Mika Parsons, and you need a guy to play with him. Um, I think my number one guy would be Jayon Brown. I think he could be Jalen Brown. It's Jayon Brown. My notes auto-corrected it to Jacob, which is kind of funny, but it's Jayon Brown, right, from Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah, he's a super athletic linebacker. Who I think yeah, he's coming off an injury. So. I know, another guy who might be able to get a little cheaper. Melvin Ingram, a guy I've always liked, I think could come into Dallas and kind of revitalize things and be good. And then Anthony Barr, another guy I look at who I've always liked through his career and I think could be an impact player there. Anthony Barr is less of that kind of top flight linebacker, though. So yeah, I mean, not anymore. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, so I don't know. I think they'll do something in that position. And then do you I want... think – Would you like them to re-sign Randy Gregory? I would. Um, when he stays in the field, he's not fucking up and he's playing. Randy Gregory is an impact player. The Cowboys' pass rush was good when they were healthy. If Randy Gregory comes in at a decent number, yeah, I I would like to see Gregory back. I've always liked Randy Gregory. I think another position we need to look at is quarterback. I think the Dallas Cowboys need a legit backup quarterback because Dude, I don't – Cooper rushes the lead. No. I don't trust Dak Prescott <laughs> health-wise. And I'm starting to lose trust in Dak Prescott holistically. A name that's out there and I think will be looking for – probably will be looking for a starting job but it's going to settle with another backup position is Mitch Trubisky. I would love to see the Dallas Cowboys bring in Mitch Trubisky. I think he'd push Dak. He could play if need be. And if things go south quick, he could be a guy we look to. I'm, I'm like I, – I just – I like Dak Prescott. I like the Cowboys offense. I do. But when the going gets tough, he has not performed. And I'm sorry, but we're the Dallas Cowboys. I know that means nothing anymore, I guess. But, like, we're supposed to be good, <laughs> right? Damn, you guys have a lot of free agents. I know. It's... Like, Connor Williams, Dalton Schultz, Mike Gallup. Yeah, I know. Dalton, Dalton Schultz, a guy they have to resign. I'm sure they will, but. I don't know. Like, when I'm looking on this ESPN list, they're predicting I'm going to New York Jets. New York Jets, yeah. Jets, Jets, Jets. J-E-T-S. And then let's say Connor Williams is probably going to walk too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. The Cowboys, this was kind of their year to really go for it, and I thought they were. And then they have a shitty coach and a quarterback who couldn't do it in a big moment. So Here's a big question. Would you let Michael Gallup go knowing that you have Cedric Wilson? Yeah, I would. I will. Gallup's gone to me at this point. I don't think they keep him. I think Wilson has earned that spot. And it just you don't really need Michael Gallup there when you have CD and Cooper on the outside. And I don't know. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, no. I definitely have this showing like Cedric Wilson showing up like that. It definitely instills confidence with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, like, he's legit. Hey, we're willing to like let let Gallup go. Like, so if Gallup goes, I think you should want him. Yeah, no, I'd love him. Like, like I think Gallup would healthy, be a great like, patriot. When he's healthy, he, yeah. there is no he's one. a thousand-yard receiver when he's healthy. There is no one who gets their feet in bounds better than Michael Gallup. I'll tell you that right now. Michael yeah. Gallup toe taps better than anyone in the NFL. I'm like, ridiculous. But Yeah, you know, right now they haven't, they haven't predicted going to Chicago but for the best fit. Yeah, that'd be a good fit for him, to be honest. 
Because yeah, I mean, Justin Fields is a scrambling quarterback. Mobile quarterbacks do well with guys who can get their fucking feet in bounds on the side of the field. So yeah, I don't. The only other thing we didn't have on our our little sheet here, buddy, before we wrap it up and we go along with our Fridays is how about let's talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. What is going on with Kyler? Yeah, he's in the middle of throwing a temper tantrum. Like, what is going on, to. dude? I'm reading he's all this just... stuff. Like, he's like a baby, and he they want him to become a leader, and he didn't like that. They told him he needed to be a better leader, and he like he throws temper tantrums during games. I don't know what's true and what's not, because I never took Kyler as that kind of guy. Yeah, I think it just comes with it. Like, he's immature still, and it's like he knows the talent he has. So he's like, hey, if you want me, then. You're going to treat me the way I want. And just him being demanding, like, he's just not liking, like, he calls out teammates when something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're saying. He's like, dude, you throw so many picks, like, where you just throw the ball in there. And it's like, and a big thing was when they got smoked by the Rams in the playoffs, it came down to that. It was a big one. And it's like, dude, you're without DeAndre Hopkins. Like, calm down. Like, your best player's out. So he really can't be bad. And then there's like a rift between him and like Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury's the one that calls him out. He's trying to like hold him to the standards, but he just has that number one overall pick, like superstar, like drama, like drama queen attached to him right now. And that's really what it is. It's he just he has to grow up and realize, hey, dude, you're in the NFL. This is in college. Yeah. Like, uh, do you think he leaves Arizona? No. Neither Not till free agency. There's no way yeah, Arizona's trade. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think that he he'll matures. grow up. He'll get I think over. He matures, it. repairs this, and he's their quarterback for a while. Yeah, he's a good fit out there. It's, Arizona can't lose anymore, man. It's like you're gonna no. lose your hockey team, and now you're gonna lose. Your <laughs> yeah, yeah. No shit. Actually, are you back back to back in the morning or whatever? And you took two quarterbacks. One being Josh Rosen, which was yeah. The worst thing, or second overall, they took him, but that was awful. And then he took yeah. Murray to fix that, and it didn't. Yeah, I mean, it did. Big. I know that's not true. Oh, it was better than Rosen, dude. He, no, Rosen's no, like no. A third string for Atlanta. I'm wrong. I'm I'm actually completely wrong. He did fix it. They just got to keep building, and they're going to be good. They're fine. But all right, that kind of wraps it up. Just a quick reminder, guys. All of our merch is on sale. We have sweatshirts and t-shirts on the website. Um, again, we're obviously brought to you in partnership with Inside the Rink. Um, Kevin's getting the writing bug, so he's been writing for Inside the Rink. Check out his newest article that'll be posting today about Bruins Enforcers, and check out all of our merch on the website. You can get the t-shirts, sweatshirts with the coolest logo and podcasting on there. And that pretty much wraps it up. Um, happy Friday to all of our listeners. Happy Friday to you, Kevin, and have a good weekend. Thank you, Jiggy, as well. Mm-hmm.